Now, I think we can take a look at Jonah, um, uh, but it's only, the text is very um, brief. It's only one verse. So if, you're at, if you found Jonah, um, it, we're in the third chapter. And here's, here's the text. Verse 9. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word, it endures forever. Guys, I think most of you already know that the, that the prophet Jonah was sent to the wicked city of Nineveh to call that city unto repentance. I think you already know that. I have taken you here to Jonah 3.9 and ripped that text right out of its context to show you that once upon a time, people actually believed in the anger and the wrath of God. Verse 9 is spoken by a pagan king. The king of Nineveh says that in verse 9. But as you all know, um, those were a primitive people. We are far more educated and sophisticated than, than that culture. And, and consequently, we have discarded those primitive ideas that you see on display in chapter 3, verse 9. We no, longer, we no longer give much credence to an idea of an angry deity. Gang, um, I think you already know that um, in the Lord's Supper, there are, there are two elements. And uh, both of those elements have a symbolic value behind them or attached to them. Uh, one of them represents the body, the broken body. The other one represents the blood, the shed blood. And we got that straight from Jesus. And both of these elements combined point us to um, his finished work on the cross, which is the place, of course, where his body was broken and his blood was shed. Now, gang, most folks um, can see in this sacrament rather readily that they speak to us about, or the sacrament speaks to us about the, the, the love of God. I mean, the sending of his only beloved son to die in the place of people like us, that is a, a full-orbed, full-throated statement of the, of the love of God. But what they don't so readily see is that those same elements also speak to us of the wrath of God. Not only does this culture not see it, they don't even want to have the discussion about it 
that something like that actually exists. Can I show it to you? You see, that is a body broken. That is blood that is shed. That is a life that is sacrificed violently. The work of Jesus Christ was no tiptoe through the tulips, ladies and gentlemen, and nor was it some selfish, violent outburst of some enraged deity. But it is a reflection of his inflexible hatred towards sin and his unwillingness to have sin in his presence. And thus, Christ died through crucifixion. I would go so far as to say to you that the wrath of God is a biblical given. Even though our culture wouldn't go there with me. Um, you see it, of course, in a text like Jonah 3. That's why I read it. But um, there's also, it's also to be found throughout the scriptures. There's a, there's a statement in, in Psalm 7. Um, I forget, verse 11, I think he says, God is a judge, a righteous judge who senses or who feels indignation every day. <laughs> indignation every day. You see, but people today see those two things as mutually exclusive. Even even contradictory, that is, love and wrath, love and anger, those are, those are contradictory. Well, they are not contradictory here in this sacrament. Um, in fact, it's a sacrament that drives us to that hill that is far away on which stands that old rugged cross. The cross reveals both of those, ladies and gentlemen. Both God's love and God's wrath. So if the cross reveals that, so do the elements that symbolize that cross. The event of crucifixion puts on display for us the love of God and the wrath of God side by side. Now, You're about to make a short walk to the wall and you're going to come by a table and you're going to pick up two elements. And you know what you're going to be holding in your hand? A message. A message from God about how He is the just and the justifier. How He has expressed his love and his wrath in his son. Because you see, whatever tension you may have between those two things, whatever tension may exist in your mind about the wrath and the love of God, those two things are resolved. They are resolved in the work of Jesus Christ. Um, sin is punished. 
And sin is punished, making the way for God to shower his love on undeserving people like us. But to do that, he had to strike down his own son. Uh, His wrath had to be propitiated so that his love could be distributed to people as guilty as we are. So that's what you're doing. You're holding in your hands a message that God has for guilty people. That his wrath has been quieted and his love is on display. So I hope you will enjoy that as you partake. Let's pray together. Our Father, would you you give us a sense of the profundity of what's going on in this, this sacrament and these humble elements. I pray, O oh God, that um, your people might be refreshed by being reminded that their sin is atoned for and there has been reconciliation between an offended God and a guilty sinner all through the work of Jesus Christ. We commit ourselves to that, Father, and do so in Jesus' name. Amen.